okay, how the hell do you pin a message on a group chat? Is that one of those things that only works on iPhones? Speaking of phones, why couldn't I have kept my head together enough to take a couple pictures of that cockpit? I tried to draw a picture of the symbols on that big friendly button from memory, but I didn't exactly have time to study it. Oh, and just one more thing. I flew a freaking flying saucer. Okay, I turned on the autopilot in a freaking flying saucer. Heh, aliens. Okay, enough silliness. We managed to rescue a good number of people today, but the people who are running this camp are still out there somewhere. And so are a bunch of clones. And maybe the Hound of Angles too. But we've been ordered to abort the mission and try to blend in with the crowd. Something is happening. And whatever it is, seems to have all the cowboys looking for hiding places. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left our cell, someone pushed a button and launched a spaceship. Red button definitely has been pushed. They were able to rescue three dozen people who were all crammed into very tight containers to be taken away. It seems though that they may still have clones out there in the world. They met up with their good friends, Weber and Bear, and it turns out that Weber was not the wolf. At least that Weber. Maybe the other one. And as they settled in with that news, especially with that ominous text message from the ABC cells, DEA agents arrived on Playa and started raiding different camps. From the RV of Weber and Bear, Arcel is watching as black SUVs with sirens and lights head to different camps. They avoid your camp. Looks like they're going to some of the bigger plug-and-play camps. One of them they're heading to is Pearl Wave which at this time is not far from where you're at. I'm going to look at the others and go, well, I'm endlessly curious, so I'm going to go and haunt the area and see what I can find out. Hey, Weber, Bear, did yeah. you get any kind of warning about a DEA raid? No, and Weber calls back from the bedroom. The DEA's here? Don't they have to go through the BLM? You'd think so, and, and they might want to... Inform the FBI people who are investigating a drug-related crime? Uh, I don't want to get up. Bear's like, don't worry, I got, I'll take care of it, bud. You just rest. I'll go with you. Before you go, Rowan, and I'll kind of pull her aside. Do you have the extra reverb that's secure? It's not on me. It is It's at the, in okay. the RV. Okay. Yeah, it's in the RV. Some of you know where it is. All yeah, right. I, I don't tend to carry... Just wanted to make sure it was safe. All right, go on. Oh, well, hopefully we can have a good lawyer on our side. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and I'll actually, like, tap Rooster on the shoulder and gesture him and the others a little ways away so that I can confab quickly with the five members of our cell before I follow Bear. Yeah, you're able to get everybody all together. 
Yeah, once I have everyone together, I'll say quietly, the real Weber isn't a traitor. You remember the thing that I saw in the other one's mind that I told you about? Yeah. It's not in the real Weber's head. That was a distorted memory. And I think it was deliberately distorted. So maybe seeding people has to do with information, too. Well, it sounds like these these clones are kind of greys impersonating people, is that right? They're not. They're 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 copies of the, I I have now seen into the brain of a grey and the brain of a clone, and they are different. Rooster just kind of looks at her with a little head tilt like you okay? Oh I'm fine now. I'm just thinking, you remember Remember way back in Montana, when Castle was telling us about uh, the Greys? Didn't he say that the people with the royal name grabbed some of them? Majestic. Yeah. Yeah, and we think that the program is the new incarnation of Majestic? Oh, I've thought that for years. I thought we knew. So? Well, it's hard to tell. So they might still have contacts, some kind of connection to the grades. Entirely possible. That all said, we need to keep our heads down. But if we can, start getting some threads out looking for the clone Weber. Because he's the one with those fake implanted memories about being a spy and knows about us. Like, more than he was supposed to. There was a packet of memory left. Oh, isn't that nice. Delightful, isn't it? So, keep an eye out. I'm gonna go follow Bear and see what we can find out about what's going on. So while you're heading off with Bear, what about the rest of you? What are you guys all doing? Reagan is going to go and sit with Weber. Her thought process being that, like, maybe if the clone is sharing memories, that clone might have some safe spaces that Weber also thinks are safe spaces. She just wants to find out about Weber a little bit. I like this idea a lot. So you you head back and you sit down with him and he looks over. Hi, uh, how are how how are you? Oh, um, you know. Maybe just a little better than yourself. She just kind of like she's she's nursing her her side a little bit. Do you mind if I do you mind if I sit down? Yeah, go go ahead. I got folded up into into a lunchbox, so yeah. Yeah, I got uh hit by the lunchbox. Ow. So, um, I'm just gonna take a little little breather. You uh, well, <laughs> guess you're not really like doing the best, but. Anything I can do for you? Uh, I'm just trying to piece things together. It's 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 rough. Like normally I'm on top of things and I'm sharp. You know, sometimes I realize I might be awkward about stuff, and usually pretty good about stuff. But like it's all a fog right now. I don't know. I don't know where I was. I don't know if I did something wrong. I get this feeling that I did something wrong. But I'm just not. Did I do something wrong? I gotta be honest. It's been a it's been a wild few days. I don't really know what's been going on. I think you're okay though. 
Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe don't. Maybe we can take your mind off it. Get you to relax a little bit, and you can you can deal with the fallout later. How do you think I should do that? I mean, I'm I'm not taking anything, you know. I mean. Oh no, no! I just meant like, why don't we talk about something else, something that makes you happy? Well, I mean, I like shooting. You got a favorite range you like to go to? Yeah. Um, my favorite range was out in, in, in Quantico. Um, that was nice. It, it's outside and it's one of the FBI ranges. You know, it was, was kind of away from everything. But there's a really nice one. Uh, it's, a, it's a private shooting range outside of Portland. It's a, a, a Creek Gun Club that's out there. It's, it's just, uh, just south of Portland. Good folks. Um, it's pretty outside there. You know, just go out there, squeeze off a few rounds, and, you know, put some lead down range. It, it, there's some really sharp shooters that, that hang out there, but nobody's a dick. I guess I'm the dick. Oh, try not to be a dick. It's always good to have people to hang out with, though, to have shared interests. I'm sure they don't think you're a dick. (laughs) I don't know. Well, all right. He talks a little bit more about his shooting experiences there and about a bar that's not too far away that he frequents. He talks about a tri-tip sandwich that they serve at the bar. And his brain just kind of, you know, he un- you help him relax. All the while getting some pretty good information, especially about the Creek Gun Club. River and Ross, what are you two doing? I think I'm kind of just hanging out, uh, trying to uh, see what I can of, of uh, where the uh, black SUVs are heading. You see that they're heading to some of the bigger camps, like the ones that have the very rich people in them. They don't seem to be coming to the small ones. Rooster and Ross, what are you two doing? Did Rowan, before she left, say anything about the reverb we have stashed? Not that you heard. Then I'm gonna assume she's okay with the little bit we have or wants it for some reason. Otherwise, I was thinking about going and dumping it somewhere, but I'm not going to draw attention to it if she didn't call that out. You would have to bike all the way back to camp. Yeah, so I'm probably um, sitting around awkwardly in the living room of this RV and uh, then start going through cabinets looking for caffeine. You find coffee, you find monsters, you find Red Bulls and Bangs and all different kinds. You find Prime, you find Rooster Booster. Oh, well, obviously. Ross. I will, for a few, like a minute or two, just going to stand around awkwardly. And then I'm going to go get everyone some food. I'll be back. Someone can come with you if you want. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I'm not not leaving Ross alone. Well, you can come with. And just go find a nearby food vendor. You do find a uh, an area where people are handing out food. You get in line. There's a little bit of a line going on. They are uh, tofu dogs. They're everything tofu dogs. All different types of uh, crazy toppings. Uh, and 
Is there meat in the toppings? No. All different kinds of toppings, but none of them are meat. And they smell amazing. Even to rooster. You're able to gather a an armful. They look at you a little bit weird because normally you're only supposed to take for yourself because radical self-reliance. But when you mention that they're for your friends who can't come right now because they're not feeling well. I understand completely. Go ahead. Take the hot dogs. The hot dogs are good. Thank you so much. I'll take one armful. I'll take however many more are needed to get the rest of us that are at the camper, including Rowan and Al there. I must be hungry because this is actually smelling good and it's not food. You know, you can add seasoning to things and it does taste a little better. That doesn't change the fact that it's bean blocks. It's bean cubes. It's all about the seasoning. You are so, you're too white for this. Uh, Let's go. You get back to the camp. Rowan and Bear head out to Pearl Wave and you see that there is a large group of people outside and they seem pissed off. You see a couple of the BLM people that you've seen around really upset and uh, kind of peeking beyond. You see that there are tables overturned. It looks as though that the bars have been smashed with liquid poured all over the place and glass onto the playa ground. And DEA agents cuffing some people and putting them into the back of SUVs. You see a very tall, blonde person that you had seen before, that influencer, Alexia, being stuffed into the back of an SUV, complaining loudly. No. Definitely kind of like drift around and start listening to what people are talking about, especially the the Bureau folk, who technically this is their jurisdiction. So listening in on their conversations and just kind of drifting a little bit to get the vibe. The BLM folks are pissed off because this is their spot. No one checked in with them. The DEA just rolled in. The gist is that they were focused on people dealing a specific drug. And apparently they had a field test to determine who had used it within the last 24 hours and who had it on them. People are crying about fascism and the use of technology because they're not using dogs to find it. Apparently they have some kind of chemical sniffer that was able to find these people that had supply on them. At 11.45, the internet and cell phone connections all drop on the playa. You make it back to the camper, Rowan, with Baron, he just shaking his head. Yeah, this is a this is a, a cluster. I don't know what else is gonna happen here. All kinds of interdepartmental uh, fighting for a while at least, but. I'm gonna stay the hell out of it and I'm gonna make sure Weber does too. We've got more important shit going on. I'm staying well the hell out of it because uh, I'd like to not draw attention to myself. Yeah, and the fact that there's a clone of him or another one of him, great, I have to deal with two assholes now or find out what's going on with that other guy. You said it's moles, right? Moles on the outside of the wrist, moles on the back of the neck. 
All right. Bear. Yeah. If you f- if you find the clone, call me. I don't care what time of day or night it is. Call me. Oh, you bet your damn bippy I will. Good. And I'll make sure I provide him with my business card with my personal number written on the back. He looks at his phone. I ain't calling shit right now. No, but I think he is gone. I think he is off the playa. I think that he's... It's very possible that he might be taking over Weber's life. That's going to be interesting. Because he has his memories. Most of them. Great. Well, at least I know where his office is. Yeah. Which, uh, which office are you out of? I never asked. Seattle. Well, if you need me to make a road trip, uh, Pacific Northwest is nice this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. He heads back into the, the RV and checks in on Weber, and Weber's, Weber's fallen asleep. He closes the door. think I'm going to have a beer. Anybody want a beer? Mission's over, technically. Is the mission really over if we haven't done, what do you call it, exfil? Well, we won't be able to do exfil until we leave, but from this point on, program is on site. We can't do anything. Well, they said to blend in. I'll grab a beer. I'll grab one of the beers as well. Pop off the top. Hold it up for the most sarcastic toast of her life. We made it through alive. That's a start. Rooster just looks really uncomfortable at the can in his hand. And kind of with a grimace. But thinks back to what Gravy had said about that being a lot of pressure on himself. And with a sigh, takes a swig. And then immediately wishes he hadn't because it tastes like licking a tree. Because IPAs are Are gross. gross. After you guys share a beer, you head back to Turtles All the Way Down and the the Queen's Geese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You make it back to camp without incident. You see people milling about as though nothing had happened. Up above you, you see that there are Drones in the sky moving around in a light show, very similar to fireworks, but some of them are set to a beat to a camp far off. Taking a moment and looking at it, this is a testament to human ingenuity and technology. This is a city that should not be here, that should not survive, but in a short amount of time, like-minded people get together as a community and create a large city. Yes, it's a city of excess and debauchery at times, but also there is art, there is expression, there is the sense of, of community here. People are talking to strangers and people are not expecting things from others. They're just trying to connect on a human level, which is a nice change from what you're experiencing on a daily. And the fact that you were able to save some people from leaving this world, it kind of gives you a sense of, all right, we save some people. Not a bad thing. Hopefully you don't know how many have been gone, but at least you saved these folks. There's a lot of other questions that are to be had. The Queen's Geese is having a bit of a party this evening, and things are uh, kind of calm in a burn kind of way. You socialize with folks, meet new people, and 
kind of relax. The next three days seem to go by pretty quickly. You take in the sights, you meet again, meet more people. You're able to talk to some of the people that were rescued. They come into the bar looking for you. It's weird because people are saying that everybody's got a doppelganger and occasionally you see one of the people that you saved, but later on you see that same person. But you know that's a clone, but you really can't do anything here. Everyone is on edge. Internet and telephone is down. The DEA left that night and apparently arrested a bunch of people. But everyone here on Playa and in the city has this feeling that they've been violated. They've been doing this for decades and they have never had this type of issue before. So there's a little bit of a rebellion going on amongst the people. It's part of the conversation of fuck the DEA and they're taking the side of the BLM. Ross and Reagan, you see a portly man dressed in a cheap suit with an olive wreath hairstyle. This man is seems to be out of place, but the absurdity is something that just makes you, you know, ah, all right, whatever. He comes up to you, Reagan and Ross. I understand that you work for uh, Grandin and Burke. Is that correct? Just give a quick glance at Reagan. Um, yes. My client has requested you directly, and unfortunately we were unable to get in touch with you. So I flew in this morning. Well, that's commitment. Ms. Jensen had said that you were you were here. My client, the Patagon Owl Society, is requesting for you to come to our site once this is over. I need to know now, are you able to do so? Um, quick uh. sidebar. I just kind of take a step back and just to Reagan. Is, that's the one that... Allison, like, works directly on, right? Or that the partners work on. Yeah. I mean, I guess... So... I mean, we have to say yes, I guess. Uh, I I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if Allison told them where to find us, it sounds like it's already been approved. Yeah, it sounds like... Yeah, I like that. That's That makes sense to me. We can check in once we get yeah. out of, you know, no cell... Yeah. Zone anymore, which we may need to do sooner rather yeah, than later. Yeah, I think oh, I told boy. Allison okay. a week, and it's already it's it's getting there. It is. Um. Uh, sorry, we didn't. What was your name? I didn't catch that. I didn't give it any smiles. Yeah. Well, I'm redacted. This is redacted. I'm pretty sure you knew that. Uh, the short short answer, yes. Um, I'm sure you'll have more information later. How can we get in contact with you? Forgive me. My name my name is uh, Tyrone Alba. So what we need to do first is I need to draw a blood sample. And he puts a metal briefcase, a Halliburton briefcase, on one of the tables, pops it open, and brings out nitro gloves. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, can we get some sort of documentation or proof that you actually talked to Allison or that you are who you say you are? Or can we arrange to do this at a later date? Because this... I'm not comfortable with this. We haven't been notified about anything. There's there's kind of a cell issue out here. I understand that. Um, no. No what? No, I don't have anything else to provide you. I can give you my business card. 
Okay. Um, I can also assure you, I am I am a trained phlebotomist, and I won't stick you more than twice. I that's not really what I'm worried about. Um, we're not going to do this now. We'll get in touch after we we leave here. We don't have that type of luxury at the moment. Can you give us a little more context about why this is so rushed? Certainly. You need clearance. If you are to arrive at the Grove uh, within two weeks' time, the tests take approximately seven days. Reagan shudders at the mention of the Grove. She takes Ross's arm, pulls it forward with hers, and offers both of their forearms. Uh, Ross doesn't fight her. Fine, let's get it over with. He pulls out a, a couple syringes. Uh, his stuff is uh, sterilized. They're all wrapped, and he does one draw, one vial draw from each of you, obviously. Caps them and then puts them into the thing. Applies a uh, piece of gauze and some tape around the arm. Thank you very much. I will be in touch. I have no doubt about that. Did you uh, have a card on you? Yes. By chance. Thank you. The card has his name and a cell phone number and has a embossed imprint of an owl. Would we recognize the, the symbol? It's a barn owl. I mean, like, as the symbol of the Patagon Owl Society. No. Had we, would we have seen that symbol before? Can Reagan roll for this knowledge? Um, this would be in her wheelhouse of... Uh, whatchamacallit, occult. This would be in her occult wheelhouse. Absolutely. I'm thinking more like, if we know that's on the list of major clients with our company, would we have seen logos of the made? Like you would. This is his personal logo. Okay, that's more what I was asking. Okay, great. Well, I rolled a six. Yeah. Out of what? Out of 50. Don't worry, Don't worry about, about it. it. So, the thing that... that piques your interest in what you kind of realize. This guy's name is Ty Alba. The scientific name for a barn owl is a Taito Alba. Clearly, this is a pseudonym. Cool. This is what Reagan has clocked. Yes. Um, also, okay. you know well enough, I, you don't have to roll about the Grove. Well, you don't know a ton about the Grove because nobody knows a ton about the Grove. Is that something Ross knows? Because I'm like blanking, like me, the player. Let me look at Ross's character sheet real quick. I don't even know a cult. At least I have the base of cult. No, no, you've got no clue. I will pin this to, to work with Reagan about later when we're by ourselves. Actually, we probably, if we just give blood in the middle of the open, like we're, we'll talk about it. Now. Yeah. What is the Grove? <sighs> the Grove. Her personal knowledge for the Grove and the activities that occur there, like, is a podcast's worth of uh, unsubstantiated evidence. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, either that was legit and we'll find it morning a pack or someone conned us into some blood of ours. So. I don't even know if that's the worst thing that's been that's, taken that's from us fair. in the last that's week. Fair. Um, I have lots of questions for Allison when we get back. But let alone I never got an answer on why Lavinia was trying to get get in contact with us. Uh, I have to assume that either something has gone horribly awry or I don't know. Maybe they actually started trying to work up there and 
there's people bothering her. All right, well, it's going to be a fun conversation with Allison when we get back. Yeah, for sure. River and Rowan, you're out walking, just doing basic exercise, just wandering about, observing and reporting. And River, you are still working on some BLM stuff. The things that work are the the two-way radios that people have, but there's no, you know, no internet, no cell phone. And you still kind of have a job to do. And Rowan accompanied you on one of your checks to make sure that the portos aren't leaking. The spill had been cleaned up over at Fried Mars Cell. It seems as though the liquid was easily congealed. There was some damage to the very top layer of the soil there, but the team that was there was able to remove it and hopefully it won't have, it didn't seep in too deep and uh, it'll be uh, healed within, you know, maybe two to five years time, maybe quicker. During your walk, as you're walking around, you see the woman Gertrude out in front of a tent and she sees you and her eyes perk up and she waves. Oh, hey, Gertrude. Head in that direction. Hello. My mother has been, been asking about you. Um, do you have do you have any free time? Uh, yeah, I have I have some free time. Um, yeah, I, I can actually stop in now if that's all right. You know. That that's okay. She's 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 relaxing. This has been a bit trying. It's a it's a difficult environment. She wore herself out, has she? You have no clue. I have no clue how this old woman does these things. Um, you can you can go in, mother, mother. Your 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 friends from the phone are here. Slip into the tent. You see a very tall rattan chair and Ophelia is sitting there in amongst the cushions and uh, she's got a, a like a head wrap turban on with a very large gem in the middle her skin is a little bit sallow she looks tired she's dressed in a, a powder blue outfit similar to what you saw before but this one's clearly different and uh, she has a uh, white knit poncho on and you see that there's a small glass ashtray not far away with a, a cigarette holder but no cigarette in it and there's a couple seats a couple folding chairs like camp seats nearby and her eyes light up when she sees the two of you walk in oh look at you we found you amongst all of these people yeah good to see you again and i'll hold out my hand to shakers she reaches out and she's moving slowly. Her hand, her grip is very weak. She smiles when you hold her hand. Her hands are very cold. I check for moles. <laughs> she has so many sunspots and skin spots. You're not sure. It's good to see you. We were we were walking past and uh, saw Gertrude. She said that you'd been asking about us. Yes, I was worried that I would not get to see some friends. I meet a lot of people, but few people really connect or understand. And I know we've only talked a few times, but I feel like there's a connection there. I think so. Uh, there's there's a connection between people who have experienced some interesting and weird things and choose to live their best life in spite of it. Those fish fornicators certainly brought us together, didn't they? 
They certainly did. Uh, oh, and how's your burn been? Yeah, I heard it's better next year. Hmm. Yeah. I hope the man hasn't been harassing you. No, the man has not been harassing me, but I understand that that man's going to burn soon. So I'm okay with that, but I'm okay. Not seeing that right now. I'm it's been a long, long couple days. It's been a whirlwind. Well, take it easy for a while. I've been taking it easy for a very long time there. It's to the point where I think, I think I'm done. Yeah. Lived a life of sin and debauchery. and Maybe my penance was I had to stay on this planet for so long to finally see the error of my ways. I think the error of my ways is that I didn't do more. There it is. But I'm glad I was able to help out all kinds of people and I'm able to help out wonderful servants of our government who always try to watch out and protect us especially when they want to take away our individual rights but others are fighting to make sure that doesn't happen do you know what time it is i look down at my wristwatch it's about 12 30. Hmm. sounds about nice sounds about right i'll reach out and take her hand in mine and gently squeeze hmm. careful my hands are are tender also, can you make sure the LSD gets put to good use? I promise. Okay. And her eyes close, and you realize that that might have been the last thing this batty old woman said. I'll give it a moment, watching her, watching for any chest rise and fall, and then gently slide my fingers up to her wrist and check for a pulse. You don't find a pulse. And you see Gertrude just standing there with tears running down her down her face. She's not racking with sobs, but she's breathing heavy. I'll go over and offer her a hug. She accepts it. Well, I don't have any wise words for this. Just, she lived well. That she did. That's all any of us can ask for. Are you going to be okay, Gertrude? You have people here? No, I just had mother, but I've always just had mother. I guess it's time to uh, wait for my real life to begin. Well, probably got some uh, some stuff to take care of. Um, uh, I'll help out, out as much as I can. Thank you. Uh, when you're ready, uh, come by to the Queen's Keys. I think once... I think when we get her out of here, I think I'm going to head out. This is not my place. Would you be able to call for assistance? I see you have a radio. Our phone does not work. I don't like these things. Yes, of course. And yeah, I understand that uh, this place is not for everyone. You were able to call BLM and BLM routes a ranger team to you and a ambulance arrives actually in short time. While we're waiting for them to show up, I'm going to locate the LSD and carefully make sure that that disappears. You're able to find quite a bit. I made a promise. The teams come and help take care of Gertrude and Ophelia. 
leaving you watching as they drive off with her camp still there. The tent open, you see a bottle of oil of Olay on the table and a empty chair. Rooster, while you're at the geese, Gravy comes by with Ruby and Caitlin and a couple other folks. He, he walks in and looks at you and he's like, hey, uh, what are you doing, man? Uh, pouring shots. Come on over. This one's on me. Takes a, takes a shot. Are you having any? Mission's over. That's right. So let's have one. We are going to the temple. I want, We were talking and we noticed that you haven't been around the past couple of days. I want you to come to the temple with us. We do something every year at the temple. All right. Yeah. Uh, hey, random. I'm, uh, is it okay if I jet? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Pete Patchy on the back. You know, temple's a beautiful place. It's There's power there, man. All right. He slides a, uh, a silver Sharpie into your pocket. Oh, wait, I got something better. He tosses a uh, box of Crayola crayons at you. Snack for the road. I open it up. Oh, sweet. The green ones are still here. The vet group grab you and they head you to the temple. You were in it a few days ago. Now there's writing almost all over it, but there's one section that seems to be cleared, except that you do see that there are some metals in that area. There's some purple hearts. There's some other military medals and, and memorabilia. There are pictures of people, veterans, and you know people that are lost. People come to the temple, and when the temple burns, it sends up you know, those memories, it's kind of like leaving stuff away. Gravy tells you all this and says, uh, you know, write all of your thoughts out. Nobody else is going to read them. You can put them in some place where they can't read it. We can boost you up if you don't want people to see it. But get all of that shit that's inside out. We light it on fire. We mourn its passing and we start anew on Sunday morning. Gonna need more space than this for all of it. Sounds good. I'll put you up on my shoulders. That no, looks like no, that. No, I'm, I'm, it's a, what do they call it? Um, metaphor. Okay. I like similes more. Cool. Yeah. Take that piece of plywood over there. Rooster goes over, you know, pulls the Sharpie cap off with his teeth. It's just there, a little self-conscious at first, kind of looks over his shoulder and then looks at the plywood thinking, what am I doing? This is some hippie shit, but fuck it, you know? Everything else I've been trying to do hasn't got me where I need to be, so. And he starts writing just names. He starts with the names of the Hammerlock crew. He writes Dave, who used to make playlists back in Baghdad and how he got the name Rooster. <laughs> he writes all the other people he lost in the sandbox. And then he writes Jenna, because 
she's alive and well, but he lost her too. And then he writes Elena. And next to all of them, he thinks about... There's so much he wants to say. So many details for everybody, but thinks about it for a second. And how can he get it as concise as possible? And finally says, I'm sorry. I will do better. You finalize that writing and it's taken you a while longer than you thought you see some members of the other members of the camp doing side hugs and ruby comes up to you she doesn't look at what you've written but she looks up at you are you okay i don't i don't even know what okay is anymore but that's okay yeah i'm frosty okay i can tell you're lying but that's okay and she rubs your shoulder, rubs your arm. Um, we're here. Go for a walk. Maybe come back. Walk around this place. Feel the, feel what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You set off around a corner. This is set up like a labyrinth. And your eyes are playing tricks on you again as you see a uh, brunette with cute back dimples wearing a yoga pants and a tight sports bra riding on the wall. Maybe it was the girl you talked to earlier or that signed to you earlier. You still talked to her. She turns and looks at you and you see that it is Elena. I just... Rooster's out of words. Rooster's just at a loss. She looks at you intently and like looks around and you see that she reaches down and pinches her thigh you're here yeah why are you here uh the other job but you're 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 right in front of me yeah um yeah i'm here you look good. You look like you need a shower. I mean, there's dust in places I didn't know I had, and I, I know where dust can get. You, you, uh, you, you look great. She looks down. I, 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 thank you. Um, and it's, there's this weird, awkward air. Are you, you're not a figment of my imagination. No, it's me. I'm, I'm actually here. And she walks up to you and puts her hand on your chest and kind of pushes you back just like a little bit. I let her just the touch of her close my eyes and yell at those tears to get back in there. She grabs hold of your tank top and is just holding onto it tightly. Your eyes are closed, but you can hear her breathing and her breathing is breaking up just a little bit. I thought you were gone. I thought you were gone for good. I came home and you weren't there. Yeah. I didn't abandon you. Why did you abandon me? 
it's uh, sh shitty and sounds really fucking stupid now. Try me. It's a... God, I've dreamed of so many times of actually seeing you getting to tell everything, and nothing's coming out right, so... I was having the dreams, and there was this one night that it was so... I swung and tried to fight something off, and woke myself up and realized that if I'd had the arm, it would have been you that I fought off, and... I couldn't... I wasn't safe. I wasn't safe. And I, I know that that's, that's me making the decision, and that's not fair, and I'm an idiot, but even after the therapy and everything, it just... I wasn't... I didn't want to stay around and let there be a chance of hurting you, because I wasn't going to do that. That was one... It's like the only thing I had control over is I wasn't going to hurt you. And, and I did anyway, and... I did anyway. What are you doing about it? And she tugs on your the tank top. What are you doing about it? Are you doing anything about it? I got a good therapy group. I'm working. It it's a shit job, but I'm working. And I'm I'm trying to put things back together and and I haven't I haven't had the nightmares for a few months now. But God, I'm trying to put my life back together. You're not doing it alone though, right? You said you've got a group, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a therapy group. Okay. Other vets. And you said you have more to talk to me about? Yeah. You don't have to tell me now. She pulls the tank top toward her, drawing you closer. And she gives you a kiss. I just grab her and hold her tight. Just praying that whatever good grace has made this woman willing to forgive me again. Because I know that I don't deserve her. We can talk about it more later. Let me finish this up. And um, we'll talk about things. Of course, I'll turn this way so I don't see what you're writing. Oh no, you need to see this. She interlocks your fingers in yours and then writes I'm sorry on the wall and scribbles out your name. And I just put my arm around her and lean, kiss the top of her head and just breathe in the smell of her and feel like Maybe there's hope for me after all. I've never been so grateful for a hot shower and an environment that isn't covered in a thin layer of dust. They were right, the dust got into places I didn't think I had places. But the first load of laundry is going, and I finally have a few minutes on my own to think. The rest of the burn was kind of surreal, to be honest. 
The events happened as scheduled, in as much as there's anything like a schedule somewhere like the playa, but they were all a little off-center. The DEA left almost immediately after making their raid and arrests, but their stink lingered through the rest of the week. People were furious, and they felt violated. I get it. Their space for creating and being away from the bullshit of the world had been invaded, and no one had answers for what was going on. There was a lot of anti-government sentiment going around the place. Agents Bear and Weber, Weber Prime, that is, left before the man burned. I think they started feeling way more uncomfortable with the sheer amount of anti-authority sentiment, which is fair enough. Weber has pretty much recovered from his experience with the aliens and is back to work at the FBI. Clone Weber hasn't shown his face, which is very concerning to me. Bear has promised to keep me in the loop about all of that. He's become a very helpful resource as a friendly-slash-former-ranch-slash-almost-agent. But the man burned. It was a celebration, a raucous affair that felt like everyone blowing off the anger they had over the whole invasion. And then the temple burned, and the collective grief was absolutely staggering. It felt like everyone was grieving together for the innocence of the burn and how it had changed with the raid. But there was also a tremendous amount of hope for the rebirth that would come next year. Which, of course, won't be as good as this year. Fuck your burn and all that. And then we spent 14 hours in the process lovingly known as the Exodus. 14 goddamned hours to get from our camp to the pavement, a distance I could run in 15 minutes or less. It was a very long time for everyone to be trapped in a small space together, and there were more than a few cool-down walks taken by pretty much everyone. But we returned the RV in one piece and miraculously unburned. Vincenzo was very pleased about that. He was even kind enough to send us on our way with a hearty dinner and a ride to the airport. Needless to say, I've had a lot of time to think, even in spite of the constant snarking back and forth in the RV. My thoughts haven't exactly been pleasant. We'd been working under the assumption that the drugs and the aliens were related. But they can't have been. The mirror monster ate at least two clones that Ross saw, between the first clone of Weber and the young person with the dog collar. The aliens went to a lot of effort to make those clones to cover for the disappearances of the people they stole, as evidenced by there being two clones of Weber, the second only showing up after the first one was eaten. So there just happened to be two instances of supernatural predators coming onto the playa at the same time while we were there, completely unrelated to each other. Fucking great. We technically won this one. We saved three dozen people and kept the greys from getting more, and Spider-J isn't a factor anymore. But this kind of winning feels a hell of a lot like losing. Not as bad as Mustang, though that's a comparison I've bitterly made a couple times. But there were over a hundred people stolen by the greys and cloned, and we only recovered three dozen. Grand for the people we saved, but I can't stop thinking about those we didn't. And dealing with the clones is a massive rat's nest that is a little beyond my pay grade. I'm hopeful that the ABCs are dealing with that, using the information I passed along as a starting point, but they haven't told me anything. Typical. And on top of all of that, 
The program has Alexia Preston. While she wasn't the main pusher for Reverb, she still knows way more about it than the average person, which means now the program knows more about Reverb and its horrific effects. They might find out more about the Hound if she knew about it, which means this cold war between the program and the outlaws might be starting to heat up. I hope I'm wrong about that. We can't afford infighting amongst ourselves, not when there's a whole universe of problems arrowed in on our little planet. It makes me think of Game of Thrones, everyone fighting over who would be the monarch of the Seven Kingdoms while the zombie invasion gained speed in the North. I don't want to make that mistake, not when we're working so damned hard to keep the candle burning for one more night. Well, I guess we'll see what will happen. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Reagan. I'm Dan Vushkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 5 is based on two stories. The first is Reverberations by Shane Ivey, and the other is an original story by me, Dan Voshkevich. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedivere, Shrek Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, DB, Eli the Kraut, Miki Maki, Robbie Nowell, Naya Fenris, J. Matthews85, O. Mateo, Flynn Gallagher, and Phoenix Team Handler Dennis. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redact Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quests and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quests and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Additional undercurrent music, Rowan Rising, was composed and orchestrated by Alan Strickland. You could find him at alanstrickland.net. That's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, for his classical compositions. Join us next week. Our own reality bends and shifts, molding the facades we carry daily into grotesque visions we can barely imagine. Echoes of the monarch will take us beyond this industrial hellscape to a verdant valley filled with creeping horrors. The grand ball making ghouls of us all. 